afternoon, everybody. It's the day after Christmas, and uh, I am tired and weirdly sad. But, you know, such is life. Had a wonderful, wonderful day, and I hope all of your holidays were lovely. Whichever ones you celebrate. Um, I sat down with uh, Alex Weiser, who runs Weiser Family Farms with his siblings. Um, he's a terrific human being, a fixture in the Los Angeles food scene, and if you've ever been to the Santa Monica or Hollywood Farmer's Market or any number of farmer's markets, you've seen him um, behind the Weiser farm stand. And I really enjoyed getting a chance to sit down and delve into his background and how Weiser Family Farms came to be how his dad got into it, and how he fell in love with it himself. And it's pretty amazing to hear somebody who's been doing this for quite some time through a lot of ups and downs just really have so much joy in what they do. I hope you all have a wonderful day and enjoy listening to this conversation with Alex Weiser. This is Carpetbagger. enough to be joined by the most well-known potato farmer anywhere probably <laughs> i don't know of any other potato farmers so much how are you this morning alex i'm doing fantastic thank you <laughs> good nice. good to be here i i love having you here um i think i i was thinking a lot about this ahead of ahead of sitting down with you and Obviously, I've known you for some time. A lot of people listening who cook in L.A. have known you and your family and used your potatoes and all of the other wonderful things you grow. You grow so many things besides potatoes. That's true. But it, potatoes will kind of yeah. put us on the map. That's what we uh, are. If it wasn't for the fingerling potato, we would be here right now. Yeah. I've been noticing a, a through line with a lot of people I'm talking to and friends of mine who've taken over something that their family started and like made it their own and, and found their own joy and their own way of putting their stamp on it. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be interesting just to start out talking about how, because you know, your, your, your father didn't start out as a farmer, his grandfather, you know, so it's like, how did, how did this, how did Weiser farm family farm start? How did we get there? Uh, and then and then going here? into... How, yeah. did, how did we get here? Yes. How did you start growing potatoes? Well, uh, it started out as a real a dream of my dad and, mo mm. and my mom, but mainly my dad, who always, uh, growing up in, in the suburbs in uh, East L.A. Yeah. My dad was a teacher at Garfield High School, suburb life. <laughs> yeah. You know, not not, not, not uh, many generations yeah. of farming, but <laughs> it was uh, it was um, fantasized, you know. In our, we had always had a garden and fruit trees in the backyard, and I personally loved being outside playing in the dirt. Yeah, and we had some land in Fallbrook. Like a normal kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my dad was really looking forward to being a farmer. 
yeah. a rancher. Did he know how long how long was he a teacher and and when did this start? Was it just his whole life he'd always wanted to farm or? Yeah, he he did. I don't know where that came from. I mean, uh, you know, his folks, my grandparents frowned on it, saying, "No, you know, no son of mine's going to be a farmer." That, you know, <laughs> you're, that means you're going to be, yeah, and, yeah. you're you know, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a you know, yeah, or a professional violinist. Ooh. Or you know, they, they was had, that an actual? But, well, that he took violin lessons, okay. and they you know they wanted him to. Yeah, play violin and or be a doctor. All, you know, yeah. the usual. All, all of the, all of the <laughs> but usual not be a farmer. Class. No, uh, it's not classic. But my, but my dad, you know, had a vision of being a farmer someday, and uh, maybe from reading, hmm. uh, he was thinking about after World War II when there there was the land grant, you know, getting some land, and back then, but my grandfather kind of said, "No, you know, help me in my." In my business, which he had a cleaning business, okay. Uh, but before then, he was a baker in, mm. in in Europe, and we come from a long line of bakers. My grandfather, but anyhow, yeah, it was just we'd always talked about it, and then uh, when he came close to the where he was eligible to, to retire, yeah, he, he was fifty five years old, and he did okay. We did okay, and he played uh, yeah. in the real estate. By selling some homes, and my uncle made some smart decisions. Yeah. Also wanted to invest, and we he found a piece of property in Tehachapi in the paper, mm. and uh, he checked it out. He saw that there were some. It was uh, for sale as basically like bare ground, but he noticed there were. Uh, well, it used to be an orchard, oh. but, the, but the trees were still alive. And uh, so something he, to start. Yeah, with. yeah. So he thought you know drip system was like new. New on the game of it, like ways to irrigate, and he's and in Tehachapi you do get rainfall. So in the two or three years that land was sitting there, the trees stayed alive. So we that's incredible. He thought we could bring back the trees, and well, it's also a good sign that like without being taken care of, yeah, they're still they're still going. So he thought it was it was a good investment, yeah, at the time, okay, and it was a chance to have some land in a ranch and start. Apple farm, apple farming. Yeah, and that happened in 1977 when I was 13. Oh wow! So, boom. Yeah, we, we bought we bought the property and and in your formative years. Farmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like when you're. I remember, you know, when I was 13, my dad was an electrician, so it's just like when I was 13, I started doing stuff with him. Like that's just that's a, a very pivotal point for like you're starting to yeah. get, be you know you're growing up and you want to do things and work with your hands and like how, how did that did you actually get oh, into farming or did you uh, were well, you resistant to it for no a i i was enthused i loved oh, it i was yeah. i was always uh you know try i was always like supporting my dad and and we had a great relationship and kind of rooted him on like yeah let's do it and also like I get to ha- have motorcycles now, oh. and, I, and, I, and, and the freedom, you know, being yeah. from the city to be, yeah. be out in the country, have a motorcycles. To, Did you? My job was to check irrigation. Oh, and, so yeah, you know, drip so lines with the motorcycle. Dream. I had Just, two of them, so I had <laughs> invite friends, and yeah, it was a dream. It was it was great growing up and having that uh, opportunity to. Did you guys move out there full time for a uh, period, or no? It was uh, we. 
since we didn't know what the heck we were doing, we had some professional okay. management help us to tell us what to do and how to grow yeah. apples. And it was, uh, you know, it was a, at, at back then there wasn't that many types of apples. It was red delicious and golden delicious apples. Yeah. And I think some Roman, yeah, and Roman beauties also. And it was really for like a juice apple orchard, you know, yeah. mainly for processing. And it was owned by like 10 doctors as a tax shelter, I think, because it, I don't think it ever did make, made money. Uh, so that that's so that's the so my yeah we were driving back and forth from the city. Yeah, it took yeah. so long to and I, I this kind of ties into you know the beginning of the farmers markets and everything. But it's right. It took so long for there to be anything, but like there was just such a limited variety as you were conscious of as a consumer. Yeah. Like, even when I was growing up in the nineties. It was just like there was there there was red delicious and green delicious. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was like, so boring. You know, yeah. food was yeah. like conventional. Just there was no heirloom tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, it was just there was you know white potato and a russet potato. Yeah. Red was like oh oh wow oh, red, <laughs> around fancy. red. Yeah, that's yeah. new. Yeah. Uh, yeah, iceberg lettuce. I mean, there was oh, like, yeah, a lot it was of just, iceberg, a lot of romaine. It was just green leaf, bland. Mass produced. Yeah, it, every, it was like everything got funneled into just a couple of varieties, and that's yeah. everybody produced. It was like, bro, it what made it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the 70s, that's the way it was. That was the climate. There was no farmers markets. You had to uh, standardize, pack everything yeah. to meet, you know, codes. And so you were uh, just, you're like, the, the concept of farming was like, okay, well, let's grow apples and some other stuff yeah, that the, stores will use or yeah. process or you can sell yeah. to a juice company or. And that, yeah, that has value, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. people buy as a commodity. You know, you just grew commodities. Farmers grew commodities. Mm. It was yeah. no specialty, specialized. Commodity farming. Or for flavor. Yeah. Yeah, which has obviously changed so much. Yeah. How did, so as, as you guys got, like, how, how did the process of learning farming and everything else, and you said you started out having some professional yeah. people help well, you manage and everything, but... As, as you got older and your dad got more, as, as you guys started doing it for yeah, longer, well, like how did that progress? A lot of, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, trial, failure, by, yeah. by, by learning from your failures. That's how and, everybody yeah, learns. You, and, you know, when we started, we didn't do do well. You know, we, we put my dad's, you know, retirement yeah. money into it. And my, we put everything into it. And the first three years, we had frost, spring frost that wiped out our crops. So the dream in the beginning turned into a nightmare pretty quickly. because Especially you, when you have everything invested in, like, this yeah. is your retirement. And, and apples particularly, you know, you lose a crop, that's it. That's yeah. for the next year. But you that's, still have to prune. You still have yeah. to keep the trees alive to do it again. And to have, like, the successive... Well, failures, yeah, and, and then not be not be making money and putting yeah. more and more right. money into. So that orchard was kind of a loss. <laughs> orchard <laughs> that, that was to lose money, it seemed like, and it did. Uh, you know, we but we did pick up another property that that had a better climate that also had peaches and pears. Oh. Even though we were losing money, we still <laughs> we got more land. Yeah, uh, but really, what changed everything? Uh, was a knock on the door we got one day in the, by Vance Corum, who was working for 
Jerry Brown in his first oh, wow. term. Because uh, at the time, there was, you know, the family farm was, was, was being bought out. Yeah. The agriculture was taking over everything. There was no yeah, was small farm. Commodity farming. farming. Yeah. So, it was, yeah. so uh, 1981, the direct marketing order allowed for farmer's markets to exist. They were you know, legal to have a farmer's market. Wow. There were farm stands, but there were no farmer's markets. I remember uh, farm stands. Yeah, so yeah. 1981. And then uh, we got a knock on our door at the farm, and you go, hey, Sid, you know, there's these farmer's markets opening in Los Angeles. There's one in Gardena, uh, Pacoima. Yeah. Uh, you know, they started out in lower income, you know, trying to, you know, where mm-hmm. food access. Yeah. You know, uh, where farmers could sell direct to consumers and areas help. where, and yeah. still, I think in a lot of those places, still kind of a scarcity of access yeah. to food. Right. That's yeah. yes. Yeah. That's, that's, or quality that's another food. conversation <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about. It. Yes. But, uh, and I was just about 16, you know, getting ready or 17. My dad thought, Oh great. This is something for Alex to do to help pay for college. He's going to be going to college at Cal state Northridge and, I was eager to, to help in any yeah. way I could. I did, I, before I, w- I was doing stands, so I was you know You're trying to help. At the yeah, farm I was working yeah. at the farm, always trying to help, and and so we went right at it. And uh, uh, it was the fall of '81 that we came with apples and pears and the fruit the fruit we were growing, and went to Santa Monica, Gardena, Pacoima, and. Yeah. It helped. Yeah. So, so uh, while I was going to college, I had a bunch of college friends, and I set up. You know, as markets started opening, I, my friends were helping me run some farmers markets. And, so you were just running the farmers yeah, markets. Yeah, as, as, as my part. Yeah. Of, yeah. of helping the business. My dad was growing the apples. We had a packing shed, and I was just kind of like doing my thing. Yeah. Make making you know paying for my uh, college yeah. and 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 it turned out. Uh, it was really helping the farm. My dad was like, "Wow, if it wasn't for this cash flow yeah. coming in and help, this is really helping the farm." Well, I think that's an interesting. I've heard that a lot with in as people talk about the advent of farmers markets. It's it's it was such an unheard of thing to for like because of commodity farming, like it was such an unheard of thing for people to just have consumers directly paying the farmer. There's no middleman. There's no wholesale price. It's just like you actually get to sell at quote unquote retail, right? And that and cash direct. goes straight into the farm, yeah. D- which yeah. is which was not even an option before, which right. I'm sure must have made it such a massive difference. Yeah, and uh, and it turned out to be a great help. Yeah, and uh, as farmers markets, you know, in the beginning, the farmers markets weren't really embraced by cities as they are now. I remember, uh, you know, there was Pacoima and Gardena. Certain communities opened, but a lot of communities, oh, this this will compete with our local businesses, and the market doesn't want you the floor. Yeah, yeah, big grocery stores and yeah. So you know, we were, I remember getting petitions signed and hmm. trying to really lobby to get, open markets, but then that, that change happened where all of a sudden. It was it was realized. Wow, this brings in foot traffic, and this brings in a community yeah. spirit, and then it all changed. Then everybody wanted a farmers market. And <laughs> it's, the cool, it's the cool yeah, thing now. Yeah, yeah, now it's now it's great, and that and that's wonderful because it do, it does make community. It does bring 
yeah. people together. And yeah, it really it does a great. It's, yeah, it's like a, watching watching the sense of community at the local farmers markets here in Santa Monica and Hollywood, and like people knowing their farmers and knowing oh, where yeah. their food comes from. I think has changed the conversation about food so much. But what did it feel like being? At the Wiser farm stand at the farmer's market, as all of that changed, as you started, as the um, consumers started really wanting to get to know you and the yeah. food and your parents. Well, and Yeah. Well, it became, uh, it was helping the farm. Yeah. And we were bringing to the farmer's market in the beginning what we were growing all yeah. along before. Red Delicious and Golden Delicious. But, you know, a really great advantage of getting to know your end user is like, Oh, getting feedback. You know, my dad was hearing feedback from brokers, you know, trying to knock down your, oh, you know, yeah. a- your apples are too pink or they're not red enough or trying to knock know, down the yeah, wholesale yeah, you're price. always hearing negative and, you know, was And it- then you're coming back from the farmer's market and you're like, oh, dad, they, they, they want a different kind of apple. They want a oh, different. Or, they want- or they're like, they love our apples. Yeah, yeah they taste good yeah. or they love our fruit. And, they think or, it's so interesting that it's pink. And I need to hear positive <laughs> yeah. positivity and. And appreciation, and it's not just and connection, and you know, you know down. who's eating your food is such yeah. more satisfying than just selling it in pallets to a broker, and you don't know who's eating it, and they don't really care about flavor. It's just no. this is the market price, and this is and what this you're going to get. To look like, yeah, to sell on the shelf, or yeah, into the and then, yeah. and then you got to tr- get paid. You know, then you yeah. get like on the but you're definitely at the bottom of the food chain <laughs> being a farmer. You know, you're the last one to get paid. You're putting all the risk out there and so, so much investment so it wasn't uh, yeah. as fun or, or joyous <laughs> as it is you know bringing your food to the people who are eating it to feel a you know, connection and i can't imagine how did that as you started getting to know the consumers and getting all this feedback and i'm sure i mean it's yeah. positivity and it's the cash flow is helping the business and the farm and the family but how how did that start changing what you guys grew? Well, it just you know, just listening, you yeah. know, re, uh, realizing what people really want. Like you just uh, realize that you know Los Angeles is an international city, people from all over the world, and you, you get to know the demographic of the community and the farmers market you're serving, and they'll tell you what they used to eat and. Or they'll bring you some seeds or tell you stories. Yeah. Um, so you, and, and so realizing people want flavor and oh, I, you just start giving the people what they want. Did you feel like your dad, as he, as he's like, I'm sure he's coming to the farmers markets at points too, but as you're spending all your time at these farmers markets interacting with the consumer, and your dad is on the farm dealing with brokers and everything else, yeah. did he? Was it was it easy for him to understand when you're telling him, "Oh, Dad, like these these people really want like some carrots and some you know yeah, some other know, things"? Or did he was he resistant to it at first? Was, yeah, you know, he just ha- had to learn. He didn't know anything about farming, but he eventually got on understood. Yeah, that conventional way is not the way to to, to do it for us. Yeah, we were, we were as different. he started seeing how profitable the farmers markets were, he started listening more to. So, yeah, so he started having more faith. Uh, confidence of what he, he thought yeah and we started to do like agritourism we we had you pick we started to go more oh, direct sure. marketing totally direct yeah. marketing and away from wholesale uh when we had our three crop failures of you know fruit trees because right. of the 
uh, really cold springs. Well, that we had to do something, and that's what got us into growing potatoes. You know, we had <laughs> so it was really that failure caused. Okay, we have to do something, and we can grow vegetables in between the trees. And learning the history of our growing area and what grows well, listening to the to our like, gee, no one's doing this, or yeah. and, and just seeing there a, a need and what people or people who came to farmers markets didn't want to get what they were getting at. Yeah, supermarkets. They wanted something different. They wanted something unique. So we, yeah. so we knew early that hey, let and and it made farming more fun to to find varieties and oh, I can't and, imagine and to grow. How much more yeah, there was, there, yeah, right? yeah, there was yeah. it was a there was so much to learn and discover and it made it yeah enjoyable. It adds it adds so much uh, color to life when you're able to. When you're experimenting with new things, and it's the same thing I think about with with cooking. Like when I first came to LA and was exposed to so many more uh, cultures and different types of cuisine that I'd never experienced before growing up in the suburbs yeah. up north, it was like it was like a whole world opened up. I can imagine like as you're growing apples and and dealing directly with you know as you start as the everything starts just kind of morphing into direct to consumer yeah. and you're talking to people and they want to try this and they want to try this and, and you start and, and what was great about farmers markets too is that it gave us a chance to try things at a small scale you know when you're growing things it's big scale yes yeah. it's, it's you're growing you know 100 acres or something but and it's still markets, something that you do so you can do an exp- yeah. you can do a trial and yeah. you know you can you know the, the, the next year you go bigger on it yeah. so our trials were our most successful like everyone more yeah. and and then uh and, and then came you know the, in the 80 you know through the 80s it was uh a lot of a lot of mainly retail but then i I'd say it was the early 90s that i see Chefs coming into the farmers market and really, <laughs> this uh, one should really uh, Nancy getting, Silverton yeah. and Mark Peel, I remember, were yeah. one of the first, and wow. uh, <laughs> and then all the all their chef de cuisines after yep. them. So it, it started uh, <laughs> all uh, all yeah. their chef de cuisines, which also yeah. are all people who run and, and then, all the restaurants today. Yeah, yeah, and their chef de cuisine. Right, you know, right. It's, it's such an interesting right. So much stemmed from, and we, you know, she would say, "Hey, tr- try these tomato seeds," or you know, "Yes, on these fingerling." Yeah, do it. We'll buy it. So knowing that, like, hey, I can grow things, gives you some confidence, and then you can talk um, to those chefs and the yeah. public. What do you think if I grow this? Oh yeah, yeah, do that. We'll support that. So you'd have faith in that they're going to buy what you grow. So that gives us confidence in trying new things. And yeah, like, oh yeah, grow purple potatoes. Well, we want that. Okay. So it's kind of incredible that that like so that starts that really starts happening in the 90s. But it's like this is, you know, 30 some odd years later and yeah. nothing and wow, no- <laughs> really? nothing has changed. It's like it's it's well, I'll talk to you at the market and you'll be like, oh, we're, we just got this this new seed in and we're going to try a small right. plot and see how it goes. And yeah. the amount of excitement in your face and your voice like. It's still like it's still just yeah. a really exciting thing because you get to test something out, right. see if people like it, and if they like it, then it goes. Or you have, right. you know, you've got people like you know Daniel and Kaylin at Ronan who just really love the bronze fennel, so you start doing more of that. Right. It's and it's it's just fun to see that 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 jo- it's. I think a lot of people in the food world, whether it's farming or my, in my experience, a lot of chefs, it's very easy because it's such hard work to burn out on the joy of it. Right. After a long amount of time of right. making your living, mm-hmm. and 
it's incredible that you still have takes so much joy and yeah, it brings you so I do. much joy. And we're so fortunate to be farmers in this beautiful Mediterranean climate <laughs> yes. of Southern California. Yeah. It's a, it makes it easier. I mean, there's, you know, we, we now grow in four different climates with all within like a hundred miles of Los Angeles, That's incredible. Uh, high desert, Lucerne Valley, Tehachapi, which is our main, our base. And in, uh, around Weed Patch in the lower valley, interior valley. And then we also have a small plot in Malibu now. So we have coastal, high desert, mountain, valley, and valley. Damn. So everything's yeah. possible. Yeah, you can is, literally, but, you can try yeah. anything you want. And, and luckily, you know, there's seasons too. Yeah. So, uh, y- you know, in the summer, in those long, hot summers, I'm it's hard work and I look for, I, right now in the winter, it's kind of a dormancy <laughs> period. It's nice. So yeah. by springtime, we'll be geared up and excited to go at it again. And, but it's, just, and it's, it's a dormancy period, but there's still, there's still yeah, stuff California, coming out of the ground yeah. and you're still like, yeah, the crops still are at made. the market every Sunday yeah. and Wednesday. The, the and crops are made, yeah. you know, we don't have to irrigate as much. Things are sitting there dormant. They're not moving yeah. so fast. So yeah. it is. No, we. It's nice in, in, in California. We're year round. Yeah, we're lot, lots of areas. Your nice food. and also a yeah. lot of work. But. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. Yeah, and it's a team, and we have a great team. You know, we have you know, close to fifty employees. That's incredible. Most have been with us over ten years. Yeah, and um, they're like family, and we all work as a team, and work work the land, and the land gives gives back to us uh, so much. It's it's a privilege really to be farming and feeding people <laughs> and giving incredible. and it's very positive. Yeah, that's a okay. So as, as all this you know uh, starts happening with connecting directly with chefs in the '90s and and as the chef driven restaurant really becomes a thing uh, in Los Angeles, you know, which is which is your home base, all over the country it starts happening, but. I mean, I think it, it probably starts more on the coastal cities than moved inward, but that all starts changing. And as you're, as you start getting older and becoming more and more, I mean, you've been involved now since you were 13, since it's all started. True. But like, what's the what's the transition like as you're, as you start getting more involved in the business and your family, your sister, and everything else? There's like, there's so much. You know, it's always an interesting thing, and I mentioned this earlier, but I think when you start, you know, slowly, you know, start helping your parents with something, and as they get older, you start taking over more and more of the work, and this, you're very fortunate in that you actually love this thing. It's yes. not like a thing where you're, you're yeah. you felt like constrained to take on the family business, which is beautiful. But it's still like that's a, still a crazy transition. I'm sure your parents had very set ways of thinking about things and yeah, how to take on something like that. That's a family legacy, but still make it your own somehow. Well, it, it is a family thing. I mean, yeah. even though I'm the face because I'm the one who's out there. Yeah. Uh, and, and luckily, my parents got to come come to the markets in their later years because they were generally staying at the farm, but. As they got older, they spent more time at the farmers markets where people got to meet them, and they really saw the love and the, that that what we. Was it, what we was see. that like to see? Uh, I was, I was so satisfying, and it's really great to know my customers 
knew my parents. Yeah. And uh, what was it like? For, what What was your sense of what it was like for your parents to like have that interaction and see the amount of like? I, I think love they're, that they I think they were the proud, and I think they it made them feel it was all worth it. You know, because it is it's very hard work. I mean, I mean, and you we can were, do all that work and it yeah. can still be taken away. We were, we were pursuing our dream, but it was yeah. really, you know, hand to mouth, you know, survival, survival was our success. That was uh, an article Russ Parsons wrote about us in the LA times. And that's, and we felt, gee, if we're, we get to farm another year, that's a, that's a good year. And that's a success. And, and I remember telling my dad, gee, if we, you know, if we made a living at this, <laughs> God, <laughs> would it be really great? I mean, we love it, but wow, yeah. if we made a living, it would be really great. Yeah. Uh, so survival was our success, we mm. thought, because, you know, there, a lot of farms are going under. Yeah. And the fact that we, we made it through and, and. Are doing okay now he and i think both of them are, were very proud my mom's still with us and she, she's living with my sister back in the suburbs but she she says she still misses she misses the farm she'd rather have her hands in the dirt <laughs> uh yeah and i'm so lucky uh right now i'm like at the age where my parents started farming so yeah. i feel like even though i've been farming for 40 plus years I you still, still have got a that, whole life I, of farming I, I, in front of you. I feel like I want to do it t- till you know till yeah. I'm six feet under. <laughs> and what a better way to go through life is, is growing things. And so I just the most tangible so, possible way of yeah, producing good so, things. So I feel, and and you know, in reality, the average age of a farmer is I think sixty five or wow. sixty six. I was uh, being interviewed by the USDA. A couple of years ago, like, and someone said, "Oh, you're a young farmer." And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I laughed. Yeah. I went, ah. yeah, I'm like, no, really, you're the young. So, uh, something yeah. I'm young at, you know. <laughs> so it's always good. Yeah, to I, I'm still a youngster yeah. in the farming world. Uh, well, but, that's it brings up an interesting point, yeah. though, because it's it's like this is not it's probably something. It's not a a glamorous profession. A lot of young people are trying to get into. And and the fact that you're young, it's like it's it's slightly worrying for the future. Well, you know, now I think it's very sought after. I you know when I awesome. f- first started farming, yeah. it was not cool yeah. to be a farmer. I didn't call myself a farmer because I was embarrassed to say that. I was calling myself a agricultural entrepreneur. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't cool. You know, you were yeah. You know, there there wasn't success stories. There was more farms going under. You were. You know, you, you, know you, you want to get out of the farm and get college educated, get a yeah. real job. It's risky. <laughs> you'll lose money. Uh, so I kind of, but I loved what I was doing. And, so and, do you, I, do you and I stuck with it because I felt, you know, as long as I stick with what I love yeah. to do, something good will come of it. And like, she, and at the time, what, what are these farmers, where are these farmers markets going to go? Are they going to grow? Or is this something mm-hmm. that's just starting and going to, carry on or is this just temporary yeah i'm sure it was kind of an uncertain thing yeah well well, my friends who are who is helping me do farmers markets through college and now they're going into professions and yeah getting jobs like that there was a time where like okay what what do i want to do am i going to continue to do this or pursue something else and i stuck with what i love and it it's worth it. Now it's cool. Now it's cool to be a farmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it's sexy. And it's... Uh, <laughs> yes. 
And it's great to see young people really inspired to enter farming, but it's very That's difficult. A, yeah. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, the values. barrier of entry yeah, with the yeah. cost is probably much higher than it was right. at the time. That's a, that's very encouraging to hear, though. That you, it's it feels like you see a lot of younger people getting into the business. Yes, I do, and women in agriculture. Yeah, you know, my my niece is uh, studying agriculture. I'm proud of her. She's going to be help carry on the business. That's awesome. And um, and and uh, um, my uh, foreman at the farm in Tehachapi, his daughter, is is studying agriculture and is is. Uh, yeah, there's a young yeah. There's a movement. That's special that people, younger people, men or women, are yeah. are are starting to see the value in this and yeah. and why it's important. Yeah, absolutely. It's huge. Wow. Oh my god. Um. So as your as your family starts, you know, as as you've gone on with this. How how was was it was there any difficulty or was it did it just feel natural to as you and your as your sister and and your brother as as you've really you know taken over the business has it been has it just felt natural or no, no, it was difficult because yeah. uh, it was difficult from year to year just to make ends meet yeah and like I said before it just making one year to the next yeah. was our success but then too my dad. And mom were getting up there in years in the mid seventies, and uh, and when we started our farm, my my sister and brother were ready off into their careers. My, my brother was working at Disney. Uh, my sister was a teacher, but was helping mm-hmm. at farmers markets on, a, on on the weekend. Yeah. So as uh, as uh, that time came, we're like, look, mom and dad can help as much. Yeah. My brother. He's an MBA, you know, he studied business. Hey, this, I could use you if this yeah. is, this is a family property and, and, neither, and, yeah. and he helped and he came aboard and my sister eventually came <laughs> aboard. She was always helping, but then came, then we yeah. all became full time awesome. uh, on the farm. Incredible. So they, so now it's three of us yeah. and my nieces and nephews and it's a true, truly yeah, a family affair. Yeah. But it was just me and my mom and dad in the beginning. Yeah. And then my brother and sister came aboard. And yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. The, the, the family and I mean, your, your family history is, is fascinating. I love that you have a long line of European bakers behind you too, but it's, you know, the the love of food and, and producing it is just, it's inherent in your blood now. I'm curious. I, I would, I have no desire to get into a larger discussion on, you know, the um, how terrible things have been in the Middle East in the last couple of months. But it's, I I was curious as we're, you know, we just finished uh, celebrating Hanukkah, and just what it's what it's been like, you know, being in Los Angeles and being a farmer in rural communities as as a Jewish man. I think it's it's just an I think it's a, it's a you know so many of my friends are a part of that community and I think it's it's a beautiful tradition and religion and um I'm I'm curious if you're if you're comfortable talking about it just just what the what that's been like as your experience and in, in being a part of the farming community which can be well partially somewhat conservative possibly yeah yeah you know uh 
yes, I, I farm in Kern County, so, yeah. you know, in, in Red counties. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I've, I've been hearing mainly support. And, uh, and then growing food, it's, you know, we can, we can promote, you know, give yeah. to, to causes yeah. by donating our food for, to dinners, at, yeah. at, you know, in the food community. Of course. So, I so think it's, it's, to, it's to important support. to, yeah, just, just supporting people yeah, and, yeah. And, and helping people. I think yeah, my, more, more, I, I think the, the more of what I'm, you know, getting at and again, we do not have to have an in-depth conversation about yeah. very complicated geopolitical yeah. issues. I think I've seen the most worrying thing to me has been seeing a lot of, um, a lot of misguided hatred directed at my friends and their businesses that are Jewish owned or whatnot, because people don't agree with Israel's policies. People that are Jewish American and have nothing to do mm-hmm. with anything happening, whether you agree with it or not. And I'll leave, I'm leaving my opinion out of this, but, <laughs> but it's, I think the, um, I was curious if that's, if that's been something that's been, an issue at all or you know i i haven't noticed uh good you know the people you know like i work i work with people that i've worked with for the last yeah. 40 years a lot of the and uh and i sell most of our product in los angeles yeah. and jewish communities yeah so i i, I get this you know yeah. we, we're supporting each other yeah um it's just you know, it's just sad to see what's going on. Uh, and, yeah. but, I, but I haven't faced any, uh, particularly our family or our farm, any that's good. backlash from, I think that, from anybody. That can kind of speak and we're, to... We, you know, we're, yeah. we're here to feed yeah. people. And that's, and that's, that's, and hopefully that's we mission. can all eat together <laughs> yes. and be at peace. I think, I think that ties in really nicely to something I wanted to get into wrapping up. I think... I think that's, you know, I, I saw this a lot in the last several years of Anthony Bourdain's show as he started going into more places that were more uh, politically complicated and war-torn, places that we as Americans had always learned, you know, like Iran, and to be afraid of. And it's just sitting down and having dinner around the table with families and realizing how much we all have in common. Right. And I think the, even the fact that as I've seen a lot of you know, misdirected um, vitriol and hatred against against friends who are just, you know, I, I think there's hopefully less of that happening in the food world because it does, and especially with the farmers markets, it feels like it is a community. It's like mm-hmm. it, no matter what your opinions and beliefs are on this, that, or the other, like it's around this most basic human need, which is to feed ourselves, mm-hmm. and just doing it in a really connected healthy way and coming to wiser to get your produce and you know going to the other farmers at the market so like having that interaction is i think such a the the reason i was bringing up like the 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 last years of shows that bourdain did was i thought that was such an incredible way to show us how interconnected we are to just sit down around a table and i think food is that thing Food is one of those, it is, as yeah. so many people it say, it is a very political thing, food, but it's like, it is, like, food is also, it's a melting pot in itself. Like, all of our cultures right. start blending into one another. That's true. And I think, it, you know. It's interesting, too, yeah. like, back to, like, yeah. 
just like certain crops are like, oh, this is Russian potato. No, oh no, it's Ukraine. <laughs> it's from yeah. Ukraine. That's yeah. right. You know, we're calling it. It was actually from Ukraine. Yeah. Or like the Ogin melon, where it's original heritage. You know, there's yeah. the Hungarians claim it, mm-hmm. and the uh, <laughs> Israelis and the Jordanians, and you know, so. We all grow the melons. Yeah. You know, so, and I remember, like, I grew peeled a sapo melon, and I remember for the longest time, uh, I was calling Could you it, say that melon name again? Peeled de sapo. Oh, peeled de sapo. Which I, which is from Spain. Okay. Uh, when we were first growing it, we were calling it Korean melon. Yeah. Because my dad got the seed from a, his Korean friend. Yeah. <laughs> so we call it, this is a Korean yeah. melon, and it happened to be a Spanish melon. So, yeah. I mean, it's funny how seed and food yeah. moves around the planet, and cultures and i think you know i i appreciate the fact that you know we all want to hold on to parts of our culture and yeah you know the the things we grew up with right but one of the things i love so much about los angeles and i've spent so much time cooking with chefs from all different backgrounds filipino and chinese and thai and Mm -hmm. armenian and, and like israeli like it's it's there is every kind of person here you know there's every kind of culture and there's that's yeah, and they all and as and as chefs get to know each other and cook together, it all starts bleeding into each other because it's. I always and this is might sound t- t- slightly pretentious, but I've always thought of it as like a a paint palette for an artist. Mm-hmm. It's like as you start learning more about another culture, it you add more colors to your palette that you get to paint with as yeah. a as a chef or as a farmer, and it's like. That's yeah. it's the most exciting thing about food is we get to everything can kind of come together and create I, something yeah, new. I agree in Los Angeles. You know, I'm very fortunate that everything goes in LA. It's not yeah. you go to other parts of the world and travel. This this is our regional food. Yeah. It's been this way for a hundred years. This is what we grow. That's it. I think that is. I think that food is kind of food, especially here and in and and I'm sure in other places. But this is where we both of us have most of our experience. That is, I, I honestly think that's the roadmap forward. I think we have to like, you you know, hold on to your, you know, your, your cultural traditions. That's, that's good for you to have those. But I think we all have, like, if we can all come together and create something new, which is the American experiment, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. It's just like we're all the, and it's, you know, it's been fraught and we've made a lot of fucking mistakes on the way. Yeah. But I think there is... If, you know, if much like, you know, creating every time I do a collaboration with a couple other chefs who come from different cultural backgrounds or different, even if they're from the same culture, you know, it's different. You, the way you grew up influences the way you cook and the way your mom cooked and everything else. And it's as you marry those things and create new things that, that is, that is, I think we have to become more global Yeah, as, as just a collective people, like. That's the only way to move forward together instead of this constant fighting and and trying to, you know, claim it's if we're always living in the past and trying to right. hold grudges against each other for things that our ancestors and ancestors and ancestors have done. Like, what are, what are we going to, we're just going to keep fucking doing this over and over again? Yeah. Let's, no. let's make some food. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's make some food and make something new, something delicious. As and here, here. as a relationship between people, I think, yeah, yeah, I agree. 
<laughs> so succinctly put. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, food, gr- growing food, and uh, <laughs> it's really great to, after decades of feeding a family and seeing, uh, I now, I mean, I remember kids coming to the stand who are now chefs, yeah. you know, and we were like, oh, I was, you know, I remember shopping at your stand as, yeah. a, as a kid. And now, we, we did uh, the, now there was the Wiser dinner at Birdie G's a couple of months ago. And it yes. was really that was a really special moment. Elijah, who's one of the was yeah. one of the two chefs there, is now at Rustic Canyon. Right. Really, really special, really talented chef. Shout out Elijah. But I think it was a really special moment because he he used to shop. It was Torrance, right? Right. He used to he used to see you at Torrance as a kid, and now to be growing up cooking your food at this it, level it, is yeah. What a, it, it is what a special I love feeling. I, I can't even it. imagine what that's like. Yeah. It's amazing. And also Macklin at Stir Crazy. I yeah. remember he used to come pick through, pick out the small potatoes with Sam oh, uh, wow. from Providence. And and now he has his own place. And it's great incredible. to see. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Incredible to see the evolution. Yeah. As we're uh, wrapping up, I mean, obviously, I think anyone in Los Angeles knows where they can find you. They can find you at the farmer's market. But anything in particular, any new uh, varietals of things coming up? Anything you want to plug? Uh, you guys are you, know, at, you guys are at like f- our four or five markets. No, we do uh, eight markets throughout oh, well, Southern me. California. Yeah, uh, mainly, yeah, you know, we, we do three in Santa Monica. We do, we do Hollywood, uh, Long Beach, Beverly Hills, Claremont, Venice. Yep. And Torrance, nice, and and oh, and a really fun place, Mar Vista, and oh. the Mar Vista Farmers Market. Fun, is a fun market. Yeah, yeah, it is. I have it's a party I, over I, there. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I went a couple months ago. It was, it was and and fun. yeah, there's so many great community, I mean, and that's all we could do. I mean, there yeah. was a time we we did thirty markets. Wow. Which was way too many. That is, that is it was quite in the beginning, when, and, yeah. and it was like, "Oh, we got to get into this market." We gotta get uh, and then you just got too spread out. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> That's when I had all my friends in college. You know, I had a lot yeah. of friends to support. So <laughs> <laughs> you're just spreading it out. All a lot right. of kids to get through college. Yeah. Okay. So anything, anything new coming up? Uh, new well, you know what? I don't want to. You know, I'm uh, anything new. She. <laughs> You know, we're going to have some new, new tomato varieties. Uh, working hard on, on getting that magic Myrna oh, potato yeah. established and consistent. Everybody waiting with bated breath. Yeah. So working on that. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to be experimenting with some new sweet potatoes, uh, some newer Ooh. varieties. I'm working with um, some breeders, a lot of row seven varietals. Cool. Garlic is something that's new that I really like. Uh, that we did a try that we're gonna go bigger on. It's a awesome. It's, it's like a cross of uh, garlic and leek, and it's uh, fantastic. And all got, you gotta got do is just change how you pronounce the name. It's yes. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we we enjoy working with uh, seed companies and breeders and and just trying to find the best tasting yeah. things we can grow. Props. Well, there you go. I think, you know, you, I, everybody knows where to find Alex yeah. at the farmer's market. And mm-hmm. if there's any suggestions, come to the farmer's market, let me know. And that's how we do it, really. It's yeah. like, oh, uh, uh, oh yeah, something that I 
that's going to be exciting. And this is an example. Yeah. The uh, ahi dulce pepper, Ooh. which is very popular in the Caribbean, uh, is something I'm excited about. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And pears, I just planted. Yeah. Nice. So, so th- those are the things that are yeah. coming down. The, so those are that's new. So Caribbean peppers, calcite onions, and a whole lot of fruit from yeah, Wiser yeah. Farms you, coming up. Yeah, you got me started. Yeah. Right? No, what else? <laughs> oh, God. oh, there's not much. Oh, then, yeah. And then, what else? And then of can, course, yeah. you can always find Wiser's produce on any menu in Los Angeles that's of any note whatsoever. It's a fun thing. Every time you're out to dinner with friends and you see, you know, anytime someone sees Wiser on the menu, like, oh, I got to get that. Oh, it's just really? it, it, genuinely thank it is it and i think that's it's really special and that's another and it's thank not you. it's not just because of the name obviously but it's like it's because it's synonymous with good you guys care and you make delicious things and you grow great stuff thank you so thank you thank you thank you so much for your time Alex. i appreciate it i had a great time it's my pleasure <laughs>